Hi, my name is Jameson. Welcome to the Unexpected Experts Podcast, a show where we dive into the vast spectrum of human knowledge and the ways that our experiences make us experts in unexpected ways. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, this is episode three. I've got my friend Rosie Bishop on the call here. Uh, Rosie is a mom. Rosie is a wife to a wonderful man named Jim. And um, Jim and Rosie have built a beautiful house together, which is literally just a piece of art that you can walk into. It's kind of insane. Uh, their three boys, Noah, Zach, and Ethan, are all wonderful kids. Um, Noah, I think is in grade 12 and then the twins, uh, Zach and Ethan are both in grade nine this year, which is pretty crazy. Um, Rosie is a rural farm girl from Southern Alberta. And, uh, one of my, one of my very good friends that I've known for a long time. So Rosie, welcome to unexpected experts. Thank you, Jameson. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we can finally lock down a time to to hang out for a bit. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> awesome. So I guess the idea for for this podcast, as we were talking about a bit earlier, is the idea that we are all experts in unexpected ways. And we're all qualified to speak about something or discuss a certain idea, or that we are all experts in one area or another, or that we're all passionate about something and then that passion and that knowledge and that expertise gives us license to speak about these these areas. Um, Absolutely. So I would yeah. I would love to hear a little bit about um, you growing up on the farm um, with your folks and your siblings and all that. Uh, so maybe let's just get into a bit of Rosie's origin story as a <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I grew up, um, you know, just, um, yeah, like you said, in Southern Alberta, small, small town is, I think it's called a village champion. Um, our farm was, uh, not too far from there. And yeah, my memories, um, you know, growing up are, are both, really mixed, um, you know, because it, it was, it was all I knew, of course, but it was, it was a hard life. It was, it was tough. It was 24, seven, 365 a year. Um, you know, we had, um, acres and acres and acres of farmland that we farmed and we had, um, at one point we had over 200 head of cattle, um, that we took care of and sold as part of our, our farming business. Um, but, uh, I grew up with, um, three brothers and one sister. So there was five of us and, um, and we oh, had poor for, parents. Yeah. My Man. poor parents. Well, you know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Like with all your brothers. I got, I got the three little brothers. That's yeah. It's a yeah. full house. It's a full house. Yeah. yeah never absolutely. a dull moment. <laughs> never a dull moment. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I look back on it, I, I cherish it to be, to be totally honest. Um, I'm so grateful that I was able to grow up that way. Um, it, it just has given me 
as, you know, an adult and as someone who has lived in the city since I was about 20 years old, (laughs) um, it's just given me a, a different perspective, you know, of how to live and um, how I want to live, even in the city or no matter where I'm where I'm living. Um, how I raise my boys, how I I guess how I am as a business owner and a wife and a friend. Um, it just kind of made me who I was. Yeah, so it's a huge part, obviously, of of my um, of who I am today. And, uh, I just, yeah, I look back and I think all of the things that my parents instilled in me, um, you know, I, I cherish and I, I look back and wish that I would have at the time, like we all do, (laughs) I wish that I would have cherished it then, you know, um, but, uh, but we all live and we learn and, um, grow, um, throughout our lives with what we were raised with, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to have that, um, as a basis of, of who we are and how we're raising our kids. So, yeah, man. Well, it's cool too. Like I grew up with a great aunt and uncle that had a dairy farm up in Rimby area. Mm-hmm. And so we would go up and visit the farm all the time. And I was never a fan of it. I never really enjoyed going up there to yeah. Yeah. smell all the dairy cows and all yeah. the poop and <laughs> everything. That wasn't really my jam, but, uh, yeah. but even just seeing glimpses of it, of yeah. glimpses of that life and that lifestyle and how, just how different it is from living in a big city. It's, yeah. it definitely gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And um, you know, no one way or the other is, is the correct way to grow up. I'm not definitely not saying that. Um, it's just, that's, that's all I knew, you know, and that's, that's what I've had to base my life on. And, um, so I think it's, I think it's, um, it now looking back, as I said, it feels like a privilege to have, to have had that opportunity and, to be born into that, you know, and, um, it, it has made me a hard worker and, um, given me the ability to show and talk about my life growing up on the farm with my boys. And in turn, they've become really hard workers as well. And, uh, I think that instilling that in your own, um, kids is pretty cool thing to, to have and to be able to say when I was your age, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know, I had to do this. (laughs) Yeah. What was that, that transition for you from moving to the country to moving to the city at, was it 20 years old? Well, I actually, it's interesting you asked that because, uh, (laughs) I think about that a lot. It, it didn't feel like such a massive transition, I think, because I went from um, my farm to um, to Lethbridge, actually, which isn't a huge city. Uh, and I went straight into college. I didn't take a break between high school and college. And so okay. it, I mean, it was a bit of a culture shock for me, obviously. Um, but, you know, I think 
it was really good for me because it just just kind of threw me into the fire and I had to grow up really quick and be responsible and get to, you know, my classes and, you know, pay rent and everything right from the get go. And I made that choice, you know, definitely Um, like a sink or swim. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, the cool thing about my college program program was that, um, it was set up that we could do our practicums through our program. Um, we could choose different places we could go. And I chose actually all of my practicums to be in Calgary uh, just because I kind of wanted to end up here at the time. One of my brothers lived here and I had visited him a number of times throughout college. And uh, I, I don't know, there was something fascinating about the big city, right? From this farm girl, you know, rural, um, growing up that I was obviously attracted to. And, uh, you know, Calgary had that for me, but also just the opportunities for the work I wanted to go into, um, with special needs, um, kids. And so, so I kind of had a really kind of cool transition between, you know, sort of a smaller city into the big city. So it wasn't such a shock when I did actually move to Calgary, but I, I did miss definite aspects of the farm and went home many times. <laughs> to yeah, get I guess home. so. Yeah. To get yeah. my peace and quiet and, you know, just to, just to be there was kind of, um, nostalgic for me. And I just wanted to hang on to that, you know, which is really funny when you're just like, all I want to do is leave and, you know, grow up and build my own life. But then you always want to go home. (laughs) No, exactly. I kind of have the same thing too. Like since I've moved out, I, I like to go back home every Sunday for lunch with mom and dad and the brothers. And yeah, um, it's like an after church thing, you know, mom and dad will just have us all over. And since we've all, or most of us now have got uh, girlfriends and or wives and all that, it's gotten to be a pretty sizable group now, but it's great. Like getting out on your own, but then also just being able to go home and see mom and dad and let them know that you're still alive and that you haven't starved to death yet. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just to check in. It's those traditions too, that I think are so important, you know? Oh, Absolutely. I think part of, uh, you know, the life that I had growing up, we had huge amounts of traditions. um, And uh, we've been able to, you know, keep some of that going. Obviously, you know, we've lost grandparents and aunts and uncles and, you know, from the big, huge group of family that used to get together, but still keeping in those traditions um, is a huge part of it. So, yeah. What kind of traditions have you brought from the farm into your life now with your family in the city? Um, I think, uh, you know, always having that um, meal together uh, as a family for us, you know, it's, it's so important. And I feel like it's, it's such a staple in our household 
Now we're not a hundred percent at it, good at it because only just because of our schedules and, you know, we've got one kid going to soccer at this time and one kid going at this time. But, um, you know, I would say 90% of the time we sit down as a family together um, to share our, just even our dinner, even if someone's running out the door afterwards, because that's a huge part. I, I grew up um, not really remembering ever a time that my family wasn't at the table together for meals, you know, and um, it was just a given that that's what we did. And again, on the farm, you're not, you're not running down to the local pizzeria or, or having, you know, dinner out very often, right? It was, it was kind of a, a, definitely a treat if we were to go out for dinner um, in the city. So just instilling that in our day-to-day lives here in the city with our kids and um, with, you know, Jim's busy schedule and me running around as a busy mom. It's just huge because we kind of come together and remember, you know, why we are this family, (laughs) you know, why we have what we have and why we're thankful. And, you know, half the time at this point with three teenagers, you know, it basically just becomes a comedy hour. (laughs) Oh, totally. That's that's exactly the same with my brothers and I. Right? You like any any of these poor girls that have to sit around the table with the four of us yahoos and listen to us like (laughs) scream at each other and make fart noises and all of it. Like Welcome to the family girls. (laughs) Oh yeah. Our poor mother is just a shell of a woman that she was. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny too because she'll she often instigates that kind of conversation too and we always point it out it's so funny yeah, but yeah I, I pity heart. I pity any girl that has to you know put up with the four of us all in yeah. the same room it's a yeah. time yeah and that's I mean that's gonna come one day too for me but I mean oh yeah hopefully, my boys aren't into girls quite yet thank you yeah. <laughs> you tell us a little bit about your lovely husband and and your three your three super cool kids I love that you say lovely husband <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's you, so can, you can tell him I said that too I will, I will absolutely I just because yeah. um, <laughs> that's not a word I would use to describe but it does make me think about you know using that word because I should he is lovely He is, um, you know what, it's interesting because someone just asked me the other day, someone I'm kind of getting to know um, as a a friend, a girlfriend, and uh, she asked how we met and, you know, I, I basically gave her the whole rundown and everything. And I always talk about how, um, Jim, 
Jim was not, you know, from the get go, he wasn't someone I was really attracted to or interested in. He was just this rugged, you know, long haired, tattooed guy that kind of literally just came out of the bush. He was a tree planner and I met him and, um, you know, was, yeah, I, I, it wasn't even a second thought, um, about him, but we were kind of forced into a community together in our church here in the city, um, just because of our age and how, you know, how that worked out. And, um, and we just started hanging out and talking and, um, found some commonalities, but, um, <laughs> it takes me back to how I would describe him. I, I think, um, you know, oftentimes I'll just say when I started to get to know him, I was just fascinated by him. I had never met anyone with, <laughs> with a brain like his, that was just like constantly full of ideas and dreams and, um, and just, out there outside of the box kind of things that I thought this guy is a little bit on the edge, a little bit nuts, you know, like, <laughs> I think, how does one person think about all those things, have all those things going on in their mind at once. Right. Um, I think I compartmentalize a little bit more, a little bit more organized with my thoughts and dreams and goals even, but Someone like that, um, I wouldn't really call him a free spirit because he definitely had in his mind things he wanted to do and accomplish and, and he's done it, <laughs> um, which just goes to show that he's not just a dreamer. Um, he's made the things um, come to life that he's always talked about from the time I met him. And um and yeah, so I, I use the word fascinating often. And after, uh, let me get this right, <laughs> after 18 years of marriage and 20 years together, um, I can honestly say the guy still fascinates me, JMO. <laughs> I just like, um, he blows me away, I guess, because he's always pushing the boundaries um, he's always challenging me in my thought processes, basically about anything and everything. Um, but uh, again, I go back to the fact that he has actually made his goals and dreams and things that he's always talked about a reality and, and he's living it. And so yeah, I, I guess, you know, just talking about it now, it kind of makes me a little emotional to think, um, you know, that he's been able to do this um, in his life. And, and I've, you know, I probably don't tell him enough, you know, when you're married, you kind of forget, right? And, and I think I just have such huge respect for him and for for him, um, trudging it out through the, through the difficult times and, um, and just making his dreams a reality. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty blessed to have this guy around. <laughs> yeah. He is, he is something else. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I mean, like 
incredibly and amazingly talented. Like he, he can, you ask him to come up with a concept or an idea and, you know, build it or create it or, or do something with it. He can do it. It just, oh, yeah. it blows people's minds. And yeah. you that, know. that reminds me of the year that we did the big nutcrackers for a spring or for a Christmas concert Christmas concert. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so a little backstory, Rosie and I sing in a choir together here in Calgary. And for a Christmas concert each year, we've been at the Jack Singer Concert Hall, uh, which sadly isn't happening this year because of yeah. COVID-19. But um, anyway, there was one year that we went and uh, Jim and I were talking about probably late September, maybe October, somewhere in there about ideas for the coming Christmas concert because him and I had built a lot of the sets together previously. And so... Um, one idea that I had was like, maybe we do some big nutcrackers and then you could, you could literally see the gears turning in his head and the smoke <laughs> starting to pour out his ears. Yeah. And, and he came up with this idea and we used these big like concrete sono tube molds and painted them all up and got them cut apart. And we built these 26 foot tall nutcrackers <laughs> for this Christmas concert. I still can't believe it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible, yeah, but absolutely. it like definitely, I know exactly what you're saying with his mm -hmm. level of creativity and just um, spatial awareness and his intuitiveness and mm -hmm. the ideas that he's always cooking up in his head. He's, he's yeah. got something, he's got something there. And I mean, your guys's house also just speaks <laughs> so well to that. Tell us a little bit about the house. Yeah. So we, um, you know, when we first got married, we, he, he had been living with, um, you know, a buddy from, um, from university, they went to art school together and, uh, they, they had a good little investment and they sold it and split it kind of down the middle. And so we had some money to buy a house, like right, right away when we got married. Um, but it was, it was going to be a very temporary house until we could kind of find the, the one. <laughs> and so, we kind of bought out in the suburbs um, just because it was fairly cheap. We could, we knew in a couple of years we could just sell it, um, make a little money on it, and then find the one, the house in the right area. And uh, and we spent um, a good year looking for this house that we're in now. And uh, <laughs> when we pulled up, it was an interesting day because we had gone with a realtor and looked at a couple of different houses and they just, they weren't going to work for us. And um, we happened to just take a turn down uh, this street here and uh, there was an open house sign and we stopped to just kind of take a quick look and we thought, Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know about this. Um, <laughs> just a little, just kind of a little shack looking, you know, um, main story, like one story bungalow with a carport, you know, it was yellow. It was kind of ugly. And we just thought, well, what the heck, let's just go in. It's an open house and we're here anyways. So, um, we walked in and <laughs> to our shock and dismay, I mean, every wall was covered, um, colored some 
bright shade of yellow or orange. Oh, (laughs) no. And we just thought, oh, my gosh, what is this place? Uh, You know, but it, it did not take long for both of us and our, you could see both of our, you know, gears started turning and we thought like there is massive amounts of potential here. And it just, it just was almost instantaneous. Um, and I think the backyard is what did it for Jim (laughs) because, uh, you know, an, an artist and a builder needs a, needs a studio. So, um, this had a massive backyard so he could build, um, a huge garage for himself for the studio and, uh, and yeah, we could just see so much potential because of how large the yard um, was, the lot was, and we could build the house out um, eventually. And so it was a pretty quick decision, I'll have to say. And uh, um, yeah, we basically made the decision within an hour to buy this house. Wow. Yeah, it was it was it was something else. And um, you know, we I I kind of recall us looking at each other like, we're gonna do this. This is it. Like it feels so fast, but um the price was right, the location, I mean, it just checked every box, right? Other than the fact that okay, we're in this for the long haul because the whole house needs to be renovated. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Gotta get that so, orange and yellow out of there. Gotta Ugh. get that out of there. So I didn't know that it was that color before. Oh, That's so funny because it's definitely not that color anymore. Definitely not that color. <laughs> we're pretty neutral here. So yeah, so over the years, I mean, you know, we did the big renos with the kitchen and the bathrooms and that sort of thing. But then um, the biggest transformations happened when we um we built one whole side out which again you can't really do that anywhere (laughs) but this lot was so big um that we had the capability to do it so we added a whole nother section on one side that became our boot room uh front and back entrance like it it's it's phenomenal for a house like this for for a 60 1962 I think uh bungalow and then we turned the carport into a living room so uh we just added the extra space and of course along the way we just we've always um been collectors um of really unique uh things for our home and for Jim to create different pieces whether it's art or lights or um, sculptures or, or anything like that. We've always been big collectors, um, you know, especially when we go on vacation. And so all of those things are incorporated into our home and uh, including, you know, a lot of the wood um, in our home came from my farm and a lot of this, this wood is. Oh, open. no way. Yeah. A lot of. Oh, wood. that's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, it's over a hundred years old. Some of this wood. Wow. So, yeah. So we've, we've been able to create um, a space that is so much of both of us. Um, and that's, that's what we always wanted, you know, and it just, it, it's always feels just 
like home and just so comfortable and unique. And, you know, I love, I love sharing it with people because I want people to be able to create a space, whether they're creative or not, to be able to create their own space. Um, I think everyone is creative (laughs) in their own way. Oh, I couldn't Um, agree more. Yeah. Yeah. And when people kind of say, oh, I could never do that. I kind of try to encourage them against that to say, um, well, I think you can do it. I think everyone has that capability. Um, and it's just small steps. I'm, I'm not talking about taking, you know, 15 years to renovate your house like we did. Um, you know, but it, it's, for me, um, de- like it's all in the decorations and, you know, just putting really personal touches in and memories and traditions. I mean, that's what makes up our home. And, and I always say that to people, you know, you're, you're creating your own traditions and, and memories. That's, that's being creative, you know? Yeah. So, I love that. Yeah. I heard too on another podcast that, um, that we are, as humans are creative beings that everything we do is from a place of creativity so that um, even the idea of us speaking a sentence, we are taking words and putting them together and creating a thought that we are putting out into the world for other people to receive and interpret. So everything that we do as people is a creative act. We are by nature creative beings and creativity is something that you definitely have to work at and you have to do it over and over and you have to get that repetition. You got to get your hours in on it for sure. Um, but I think if you can come at it from the place of this is a skill that I'm trying to develop or this is a muscle that I'm trying to exercise, then the more you can live in that, the more that you really do realize and become aware of how creative you as an individual are. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think we've uh, we've created a space for our, for our kids too to be creative, and you know, and for for Jim and I to always challenge ourselves in our creativity. I think um, you know it can become stagnant for a lot of people, but I I just really truly believe that if you surround yourself with um, the things that make your life um, more beautiful or, um, however you want to see it or what you're passionate about. Like say I, if, if I want to talk about JMO here, um, you know, if he was to surround himself with, um, records or guitars or, you know, anything to do with music, um, you know, I, I feel like he'd want to, have that creativity going all the time. Like just surround yourself with what you're passionate about. Um, what makes, what makes you happy. And that, and that doesn't have to be material things, you know, and, um, that's, that's a big thing. It doesn't have to be material things. Um, it's the memories that you create and it's, you know, it's those little kids drawings that you hang up that, you know, you kind of question why you're hanging them up, (laughs) (laughs) but, but it makes a difference, you know, it makes a difference in your surroundings. And I, I'm such a, Jim and I are both super tactile people. Um, we always have been, I, I even remember my room at the farm and just 
like having always having so many textures and um, art and photographs and posters and color all around me. And um, I think it, it just plays, it plays into, um, you know, your mental state you're in. I, I just, I truly believe that for myself. I don't know if it's like that for other people, but I think it is for us, um, you know, and things that are sensory for you are always keeping your mind going. And that's such a huge thing that we need to do, especially this day and age when we're, you know, bombarded by technology and world events and social issues and on and on and on, you know, um, I could go about that, which I won't, (laughs) but I just feel like that's another part of the tradition thing. You know, at the farm, we watched what we had three channels. (laughs) We watched specific shows on a specific day together kind of thing. Um, and that wasn't the focal point of our lives. Right. And so to have, the creative outlets for people is, is just so incredibly important. Um, I mean, it's, I, I feel like it is all the time, but especially this day, day and age with everything that we're kind of blasted with. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think too, like it, it works into how we learn as people. So some people are more auditory, some people yeah. are more visual, some people are more kinesthetic. And so, whatever you choose to surround yourself with um, I feel like definitely plays into the way that you take in information too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think too, just coming into your home when you guys are there and there's, there's a good meal around. Like I've, I've been there for those, for some of those times and mm-hmm. there's such an excitement and such a level of energy you get from just walking into your guys's house i think because there's so much around but it doesn't feel cluttered it doesn't feel tacky nothing like that it just feels very welcoming very homey Mm. very um very warm in that house so it's it's something pretty incredible that you guys have done there and you guys should definitely be proud of it My other thought with all of this too is like, I'm from, I'm the oldest of four boys and I cannot imagine my poor mother and father building a house and decorating it all nice and putting all these things in it with the four of us running around the house. Like not a chance. We had like tan walls and my mom's choice of decoration was sunflower stuff. Like it was just sunflowers everywhere, which is great. Yeah. Uh, But I wonder... I would love to get your perspective as a mom raising three boys in essentially a giant piece of artwork. Yeah. Um, I think because, um, from really young ages, uh, we kind of picked up on, uh, the creative part of each one of the boys. Um, and they all have it, um, in different ways, Um, I think we've always just really 
responded to them with that creativity and showed them how much we appreciate that in them. And again, I go back to like, put that horrible painting on your fridge or even frame it and put it on the wall, you know, and then a child sees that and like it engages them in their environment and it shows them you respect what they're creating, no matter what it is, you know, and I think um, from young ages, we've always done that with the boys. We've always, um, from the time they were capable, um, we've had ways of them contributing in the home um, as far as like even as simple as putting their toys in a basket or or whatever it is, we've had them engaged in the home all the way along. And I think because of that, um, and I, I um, when I had my kids, when even when I had my first, um, I quit my job and I stayed home and I stayed home with the boys um, all throughout their childhood. And so I kind of never let up on that. And so it was just, it just became a consistent um, practice for them to, to just be a part of the home and engage in the home. I keep saying that um, because I really feel like that showed them how to respect our home, that it doesn't have to be perfect, although sometimes they think that <laughs> maybe I'm a little too perfect, but um you know, and that's changed over the years too, as, as they've gotten older and as the house has changed and we, you know, gained more space, all of those practical things, of course, too. But, um, but I think they just really learned quite young how to respect our home, you know, and, and we've also given them free reign in their own room to be as creative as they wanted and pick the wall covers and, pick the shelves and pick how whatever they want in their room and each room. And I I've, I've looked at it, you know, and anytime we do sort of a, a tour of our home, if someone hasn't been here and uh, take them into the boys rooms and I hear these, you know, wows coming out of people's mouths because, because they are all creative in their own way and you can absolutely see it in their rooms. And, uh, and I love that. And I love that they come home and they feel comfortable and they, they, you know, they still play like they're little kids, these teenagers. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like the, the Lego setups that they got in their rooms is yeah. something else. Like it yeah. makes, it makes my inner kid just like, <laughs> green with envy yeah <laughs> the yeah. amount of stuff they got in their rooms and it's it's definitely like a mental playground for all three of them yeah 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 it is and I I think they're proud you know when their friends come over they're proud to show and when our friends come over too you know they're they're proud to show um different aspects of the home because you know there's a lot of uniqueness here, you know? Um, I mean, just a quick example. Um, it is a bungalow. So there's three bedrooms on the main floor. And uh, a few years back, 
uh, we renovated the basement so that Jim and I could move and have basically a suite um, in the basement for ourselves. And, um, and he spent almost a year painting a mural on the whole wall um, in our bedroom. And, uh, you know, and it, it's just, it's stunning. I mean, you can't say any other word about it. Um, oh, it is absolutely stunning. <laughs> it's such a gorgeous wall. Yeah, yeah. But we, we wanted to make sure, and this was all, you know, all Jim, it's interesting. I, I didn't even think about it, but, um, you know, Jim had the boys um, go and paint right on the wall as well and incorporate their own flowers. The, the wall is quite um, floral, so, um, but had them paint their own flowers and choose, choose the flowers they wanted. And we've kind of, that's just one example. We've kind of always done that um, with the renovating and they've been a part of it since day one. <laughs> I have, you know, pictures of these little, little boys holding, you know, stop signs on the road. Um, when we had, you know, a machine coming to tear up the driveway or, or whatever it was, you know, um, they've been involved since the beginning. And again, I think that just goes back to, always engaging them, always having them involved. And so then it really has just like me, um, just has my respect. This home has my respect because of that, because of the work and the process of it all. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's like reading a book, you know, you, you're, you're anticipated, you've, you've read the forward, you've read the back of the book, maybe the last page. Sometimes some people do that and, uh, you know, and you just can't wait, um, to find out what happens, you know, and, um, kind of that was, that's how I see the sort of unraveling of this, of this home, because it just, it's so much more than just a place to live for us. And, and we've, we've built it that way with our kids along all along the way. So it's, it's been pretty cool just watching them um, grow up in it and be a part of it and see their creative creativity flourish through it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. That is so cool. I, I remember you posting a picture of the twins like sitting on a bench I think when you were tearing down the side wall next to the, uh, next to the old parking pad, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah the, the term that comes to mind for me is ownership Yeah, in that the boys have all contributed something to the home and they feel that sense of ownership about yeah. what they've helped do around the house for pretty much their entire lives. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that kind of dovetails into um, what you guys are now building um, up in Sundry area. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, about <laughs> the project that's going on up there <laughs> on that we keep seeing photos on Instagram about. <laughs> on to the next. Yeah. So this kind of plays into, um, you know, when I was talking about when I first met Jim and um, his dreams of owning property, you know, really he talked about it Um you know, right away when I met him. And, uh, I think he always kind of thought maybe he'd go back to, 
um, sort of his roots, which is um, uh, sort of Kamloops area. He, he grew up in Ashcroft and it's really in BC and it's a really unique area. It's kind of almost deserty. And then you go up um, into the mountains a little bit and it's, it's a beautiful area. Um, and I always kind of thought that that's where he would want to go. But I think for years, I kind of dug my heels in and said, no, I don't want to leave here. You know, my family's here and that's so important to me to be close to them. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, he never gave up the idea of, of owning, um, you know, property like land. (laughs) And so we, we kind of, it's interesting. We made a bit of a list, um, when we kind of were deciding, okay, what, what do we want to do? Um, what do we want to look at for the long term? as far as, you know, do we want a vacation property? Do we want, um, you know, I don't know. We just, we kind of just started brainstorming, but it came down to a list. Like it was kind of all over the place, which was really interesting, you know, like buy a place in like, Mexico that we can travel to. Oh, wow. <laughs> like a condo or something, or um, buy some properties since it's so cheap down in the southern states, South Carolina, North Carolina, because, you know, we, we love that area and I've always wanted to go. So that's one of my dreams. But it was just, it was kind of just a random list of things to do, right? And then, um, And then the other one was buy property, you know, fairly close to here. And so, you know, we, we weighed all the options and, and we really just, it, it really just came down to us wanting, wanting it, you know, then, which was three years ago, um, and wanting our kids to be involved and our kids to, um, be there now, basically. And so we started, we kind of started looking, um, just randomly and we found just online. Um, and we looked, we looked pretty close to Calgary, nothing, you know, not enough land for him, you know, 40 acres wasn't enough. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) You know, that, that, it wasn't a big enough palette for him to, <laughs> no. to paint on. No, this guy's, this guy's thinking big. And I, I thought, okay, yeah, he's, he's definitely thinking a lot bigger than, than me. So, um, yeah, he found this property that was for sale. Um, kind of, yeah, again, really interesting timing, but, uh, and it was out just, just, uh, north of Sundry and um we decided to take a drive on a sunday it was you know um i think it was november snow on the ground um just a beautiful kind of overcast day but we took this drive out there and just it just felt so like strange and like uncertain of all of this but it, it kind of was sealed as soon as we, we got permission to actually go on the property. And as soon as we kind of, we went for a little hike through the snow with these three boys and, uh, and we just fell in love with it right then and there. And of course, Jim could start 
seeing potential in every part of this property. So, um, yeah, so we, we put an offer in and, and we got it. So, uh, just bare forest land. I mean, one road in one road out. Um, yeah, so we knew we, we were getting into something big here and, and that's exactly what it is. But, uh, you know, over three years, I, I look back and I think how much, um, he has accomplished already. He would say, if he was on here, he would say he's hardly done anything. I'm sure of it. Just because. <laughs> <laughs> just classic because, overachiever, Jim. Classic, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. because of the sheer amount of ideas he has had um, since we purchased it. And it's, it's a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, of um, course. You know, I think, um, you know, plans have changed over the years and, and different ideas have changed, of course. And, and I've kind of just ebbed and flowed with it because I thought this, you know, this is how it's going to be on this property and we can't get, you know, um, stuck on one thing and make, you know, make sure that it happens that way. It's not going to work that way with this property, you know, and, and, um, you know, if he had all the time in the world and didn't have a job, <laughs> uh, you know, he would be out there all the time. I know it. But um, but he's finding times to go out there and do a little bit here and there. And, you know, we've had amazing help with friends and family. And uh, Noah has been massive in the last couple of years and how um, just how he works out there and, um, building roads and building cabins and all kinds of things. And eventually we will build, um, a house. We would like to move out there one day and retire there. Um, and that, you know, that that's been a conversation we've had numerous times because, for me, this is my home. And I just talked about what we've put into this home and, and, um, what it means to us. But, um, I have a different perspective now going through what we're going through out on our property and seeing again, massive potential for what, you know, this new house could look like and how we could do all the things we couldn't do here. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, like it's, it's really is a clean slate it's in a, a lot of ways. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and literally we can kind of build our dream home. Um, and not to say this wasn't <laughs> because I, I kind of always thought like, this is it, this is where I'm going to live and die. You know, this is, this is my home for forever now, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> you got to have a sense of humor in life and you got to know that things are going to change, especially when you have someone like Jim in your life. So, um, yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's been really good for me to just, um, really change my perspective and, and, uh, shift my focus from, uh, what I thought once was to what will be eventually. And, uh, I think it's solidified every time I step on that property and um, 
it does. It feels like home and it's gorgeous. I mean, it's just, just raw, beautiful forest land. And it's, it's so beautiful. So I can't, (laughs) I can't complain. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's been pretty cool to see a lot of these pictures coming up on Instagram and even the videos of the boys all out there on quads and going down the hill on big inner tubes and all that. Like it just feels like a massive playground for yeah. for everybody, like for all five of you guys. It's super cool. Yeah. And I think we, we've always, um, part of that dream too. And, and now it's that it's a reality is, you know, getting it to a place where we can have more family and friends out. And, you know, before it was, it was very raw. Like we didn't even have a bathroom you're going in the bush it's it's really like camping you know um but i think because we're getting closer to um well we are we're we're to the point where we can have um a little bit more comfortably have people come out and we want to share it with people we want um our friends and our family to you know inhale everything around them the way we are able to you know like we we definitely feel like this was a gift that was given to us to share with others so wow yeah I love that that's something that I've always really appreciated and loved about you and Jim is your willingness to include other people and to make other people feel welcome and safe and invited um and I think having such an incredible opportunity and blank canvas in that way as well is, um, yeah, definitely, like you said, a gift, um, but a gift for you guys, but also a gift that you are willing to share. Cause I know a lot of people that would buy a bit of land like that and build a house on it. And then they would just live there and not do anything, yeah. you know? So <laughs> yeah. um, I think yeah. that definitely just speaks to the character and, um, the willingness to share and invite people in that you and Jim. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's really important to, to both of us. And I think actually Jim's probably pushed me even further with that because I, you know, oftentimes I'll, I'll kind of, you know, want it, want to kind of keep it just us. And um, I think only, because that time out there for us as a family feels quite sacred because in the city, oftentimes we're off in different directions, especially, you know, in the last number of years with having teenagers and everybody in sports and everybody busy, I think, um, I've really kind of held tight to that, but, um, Jim's really shown me. And, and I think even having people out there has shown me, that I can still have that sacred space and share it with people. So it's been a bit of a revelation for me, uh, just just going through that. So, um, so yeah, I'm learning a lot out there. <laughs> so it's really neat.
maybe two little questions before we finish up here. What would be your favorite thing about being a mom to three boys? And what's one thing that you wish people knew about being a mother? Hmm. Great question. I would say, um, the boys, the boys keep me on my toes, you know, um, like they're, they're such good boys and especially considering the world they're growing up in, uh, they're just really good kids and they're really conscious of social issues and, and things around them, uh, things that I never really was growing up, you know, and, um, I feel like instilling confidence in your kids is the number one most important thing you can ever do for them. And to do that from a young age, um, I mean, you, you kind of have to, you don't have a choice. Otherwise you kind of, kind of miss the boat. Um, and I think that's just so important. And I think because of that, um, you know, we have quite a mutual respect between, between us and the boys and, and it's, and it's huge. It's such an important part to have between, you know, parents and kids. And um, uh, I think the one thing I would want people to know is um, you're never, ever going to get it right <laughs> as a parent. You're never, you're always going to be backtracking um, is the best way I can think of to describe it. You're always going to go to your kids and you should be going to your kids. If you screw up, you go to your kids and you say, you know what? I screwed up. I shouldn't have talked to you like this, or I shouldn't have acted like this, or I should have dealt with you or this situation or this issue in a different way. And Jim and I often do that with the boys. And I think it's, it's hugely helpful because then your kids actually see you as a human being that they're just because your parents doesn't make you above your kids. And I think that's, um, you know, something that is mistaken from parents. Yes, we, yes, we're, we're the ones, you know, in charge making the decisions, but the air in which you carry yourself, you do have an air of authority, but to show them that you're human and that you're real and, you know, that you're not perfect. Um, you know, you're going to give your kids so much, um, as they leave you. I'm thinking of that because, you know, I've got a kid graduating high school this year and oh, I just it's so crazy like, to think yeah. about. Yeah. It blows my mind too, JMO. I mean, I still remember go. when he was, <laughs> I still remember when he was a little kid, like at my waist in choir practices right? like 10 years ago. Yeah. It blows and my mind that he's graduating this year. Yeah. And I, it's, it's so cool because, um, just, just yesterday when we, we were driving out of town and he was asking me some questions. I don't know what led up to it, but, um, regardless, he was asking me some questions about, um, when he was little and, you know, I was totally honest with him and, and just telling him, you know, some of the things that I did that I look back on and I regret with him, him particularly, he was the first kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's, um, he's the prototype. He is. I, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, JMO. Um, oh yeah. You know, but I was, I was real with him and I said, you know what? Like if I was to do it over again, I wish I wouldn't have done that, you know? And I wish I would have done this, but, um, but then I would, 
I would follow it up saying, you know, I can say that I wish I did this, right? But I didn't, and I, I can't take it back, but I can be honest with you, and I can tell you going forward and when you go out into the world and when you get married and have kids that you're going to be, you're going to do the same thing and it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, We're all going to totally. screw up. We're all going it, to, it's just the follow-up afterwards and how you are able to really humanize yourself as a parent and, and just, just be real, you know, to be totally honest, just be real. <laughs> well, that, that kind of re- goes back to what you're saying about um, instilling confidence in the kids and that yeah. that they feel confident enough to approach you with questions like that or to even talk about stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that builds such a mutual respect Yeah, that your kids respect you enough to ask questions like that, but that you respect your kids enough to answer them honestly and to have that open discourse and that open discussion. I think that's really cool. That's really, really inspiring, honestly. Anytime that I see you interacting with your kids and, um, you know, anytime that I see you talking with your boys and just interacting with them, it feels like from the outside looking in, it feels like there's a good friendship there too, Mm -hmm. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a trust, right. And, and a safety, And, um, you know, I always want to have that with my boys and, and, um, you know, I think it just will make all the difference in the world when they go out on their own and when they, you know, have a girlfriend or, or get married or have children, I think it'll just, um, you know, always, they'll be able to come back to mom and go, you know, like we have this. So yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks so much, Rosie. Yes. It's my this is, pleasure. This has been great. <laughs> the time has flown by so flown quick. By. That's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Perfect timing. Otherwise we're going to have a whole lot of boys noise coming in here. After <laughs> <school>. <laughs> boys noise. That's Just good. Ended up. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rosie. I really appreciate you making the time and uh, and coming on here and just hanging out for the last hour. We definitely got to get Jim on here too. I think that would be fun. Absolutely. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, JMO. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this great conversation I was able to have with my good friend, Rosie, this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, send us an email at unexpectedexpertspod at gmail.com and let us know what you enjoyed about this conversation or any other feedback you have for the podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Unexpected Experts Podcast.